Hello, and welcome to the Gen Z Epidemic, the podcast that attempts to unveil why teens are so f***ing sad. I'm your host, Devin Benaroya, and I'm excited to introduce my first episode, Mental Health and Me. Before we begin this episode, I want to make my listeners aware that I do address topics concerning mental well-being, and there is mention of suicide. As this can be triggering to some people, I will put the timestamps of these mentions in the bio below. In addition, I will be referring to my own experience in this episode as to not make any generalizations about all people who struggle with mental health. A little while ago, I remember my mom asking me, what happened to Gen Z? You're all depressed and anxious. It definitely wasn't like that when I was a kid. My first response was defensive, as I myself have dealt with mental health issues. But the more I thought about it, I realized that I don't actually have an answer. There is no real response to the question, why are you depressed or why do you struggle with your mental health? Because there are so many different layers and factors, many of which are hard to verbalize and label. But going back to my mom's question, I became curious. I have definitely noticed that mental health is an issue for so many people around me, myself included, but why? Why Generation Z? In my first step to answering why teens are so f***ing sad, I spoke with two people who have helped someone through crisis and have been affected by someone struggling with mental health. I have two very special guests, and they happen to be my mom and dad. Hey, guys. Hey, Dad. Hey, Devin. Great to be here. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourselves? Sure. Well, as you know, I am. we are the parents of two teenagers, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I work with families on making family life fun and light. Yeah. And I'm Russell and I'm an entrepreneur and I also have two teenagers and <laughs> I spend a lot of time working with uh, CEOs to help them be successful. Yep. It's my mom and dad. I wanted to know what they thought about mental health in Gen Z versus their generation, Gen X. What do you think is the difference between your generation and mine in terms of mental health and mental health statistics? Just like right off the bat, when you think about that. Yeah, well, I think that your generation, things are way more complicated than ours um, because we didn't have all of this technology that kept us uh, in close contact with people. There's a lot of FOMO that happens now that we didn't have because we just really didn't know what was going on with other people. So I think socially it's a bit challenging. I think technology's also just made life move a lot faster and expose you to so much more than we did um, when we were growing up. Yeah, when I was growing up, we didn't have the language, the terminology that you have today. So it wasn't nearly as visible. I, frankly, I was quite unaware of so many issues around mental health because it wasn't, it was in the shadows, I think I would say. Did you have any experiences where you had to like deal with mental health as a kid or saw it, observed it? anything like that at all? Uh, I think when I was a young child, I did, I had my own struggles. Um, and I, I saw a therapist briefly, 
but that was pretty short lived and it really had to do with my relationship with my parents and my siblings. So it wasn't related really to teenage challenges. I had an acquaintance in high school, a guy named Kevin. Kevin was a, was a cool guy. I, I, I knew him like friendly at, at high school. And then one day I learned that he had committed suicide and Kevin hung himself. And I was, I think, a sophomore, maybe a junior in high school. And that's the first exposure that I had to understanding the effects of deep, deep depression. And even then, I don't think it totally registered with me um, what that entailed. But that was really my only exposure of significance that I remember. After hearing their stories, I was actually surprised because this was all new information to me. However, their interactions with mental health seemed more brief and isolated, much different than the epidemic that exists today. I also want to acknowledge that this is all circumstantial. Mental health shows up differently in all people of all backgrounds, and this was just the experience of my parents. One thing that I did pick up on, though, was my mom's mention of technology, something that neither of my parents were exposed to in their teenage years. Did you notice anything, I guess, like objectively specific to Gen Z that was affecting my mental health at that time that you could pull out and be like, oh, that's a contributor? Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, well at the risk of being somewhat trite about it, I did lament to Melissa very often about technology. And of course, like that's the, the obvious go, go to, but I didn't see or understand how having such easy access to content was an aid or an assist for you in helping you work through what you were going through. I saw it more as a vehicle to justify or support why you were feeling that way and knowing that, oh, like a lot of people feel this way and and taking comfort in, in that. And again, that's my story because I don't know all the things that you were where you were spending time entirely um, other than RuPaul's <laughs> drag race. Okay, 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 sorry, sorry. I, I know we don't want to go there. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but no. I'm being bullied in my no, own I'm home. No, to- I'm totally kidding. But, but I think it was, yeah, I think, yeah, tech, technology and the content m- made and makes me nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I have to agree because there's just so much mature content out there that somebody that's 12, 13, or 14 years old, like they shouldn't have to try to figure out and in relation because this is a big time when you're developing your identity. Like it's super confusing and conflicting and overwhelming. So I think that there's just a lot of content out there, but also a lot of mature content that's just not appropriate for teens and tweens. Yeah. As soon as this topic was brought up, my immediate reaction was to defend my phone. 
I thought, what about the connection that provides between me and my friends? Isn't there a lot of educational content online? Many teens find that the internet offers them safe spaces and a feeling of belonging. Is that considered negative? It was definitely worth asking my parents for their thoughts. Is there any way that you could see technology as an outlet for somebody who's going for going through a dark time or a rough time? And is there can you think of like any positives that one could take from having that, you know, outside resource? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we live in a big city, so we have access to lots of resources and you had access to support. You had a counselor in school and you had a therapist outside of school, but there are people that live in very small communities that are very isolated where I think technology could be helpful of connecting them to services and normalizing their, you know, their feelings and their situations, recognizing there's so many others out there having this shared experience. So I do see the benefit to it. Yeah. Totally agree. Coaches, therapists, moderated peer groups, I could see being super effective. Outside of technology, I also know that there are other contributing factors to the struggling mental health of Gen Z that were not there when my parents were kids. Uh, What do you think most parents or adults would say in response to the question, you know, why do teenagers struggle with mental health so much now? What do you think is like the first just go-to response for most parents? Um, I, I think one of the things that I've heard a lot of parents say is that there's just a lot of stress and pressure on kids today. Um, it's just things feel very competitive, like getting into college and grades and the level of classes that you're taking. It just there's just so much more pressure on kids, it seems like. Was that not as present for you when you were a kid? No. I mean, I think the only reason I took hard classes and did well is because I put that stress on myself, but there was nobody that I felt like I was competing with or nobody putting pressure on me to do really well. And getting into college was just something you do. It wasn't this like intense activity um, that you think about two years before you graduate. So it felt very different than it does today. You don't agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm glad that I got to hear their opinions because it made me feel as though my parents had been paying attention and are acknowledging the stress and pressure to succeed that has put on not only me, but so many students every year during high school. Going back to my original question, why is Gen Z so sad, I decided to do some preliminary research. I googled the Gen Z epidemic, and at the touch of a button, pages of articles and studies appeared, all with titles like Generation Z's Suicide Epidemic and New Study Reveals Gen Z, the Loneliest Generation in America. But when I searched up the Gen X or Boomer epidemic, both very vague, I only saw results surrounding coronavirus and the viral phrase, OK Boomer. This led me to believe that the trend in poor mental health among today's teenagers, and even millennials, is certainly blatant and alarming, as demonstrated by my four Google searches. I had to ask my parents how this made them feel. I'll say, I think it's it's a great opportunity. The fact that there's this stereotype, that there's this reputation, that there's this label 
uh, makes it then something that to the extent the generation and the generations like us that want to support you can zero in on that and try to change it because it's not in the shadows, it's actually front and center now, maybe presents itself with an opportunity to start building solutions. Some of those solutions could be technology, but it's not, it's, it's not something we have to unearth. It's, it's out there. Okay, let's galvanize the support and resources to help you all be successful to the extent that you don't want to live with that stereotype. In response to their concern, I wanted to know what it was like to have a child who had been a part of a statistic of teenage depression and anxiety. Just a warning, this next part can be heavy and troublesome to some listeners, so continue with discretion. As you both know very well, I struggled with my own mental health issues last year and the year before. Um, What did it feel like to see your own child struggling with mental health issues for so long? I'll, I'll let you go first this time, Russ. Oh, okay. It felt really sad because you, to me, you are a different person. You went from this gregarious, vivacious, energized, optimistic child to a really anxious, stressed out, dark place, or at least that was my story. And it felt really hopeless, or maybe better said, we felt pretty helpless because we weren't sure how to help you. And it's not like you were super open to wanting to be helped. And I think until Melissa really just started committing to being present and being available, um, were we able to begin having a conversation with you a a trusting conversation um, that helped us support you the best we could. Yeah. I think, you know, thinking back two years ago when you were first oppressed, um, initially it was kind of like, okay, he's going through this bump in the road, but then it just, it persisted and it was, it was devastating to watch and confusing because like, Russell said, you had been this energetic, vivacious person, and all of a sudden you're just like negative, it's bad. And it was just, it was, um, I was sad. And at the same time, I was frustrated and angry. It's like, you have everything in the world. We're going to do everything to make you happy. And you're just like sad and negative and down all the time. So, you know, like dad said, felt very, I felt very helpless. Um, and in some ways, like it's hard not to blame yourself, but also like question yourself as a parent, like, what did I do wrong? What did I miss? How did this happen? What happened to this, this, you know, outgoing person, super confusing. 
yeah. How, how does it feel, Devin, to hear us share that with you? Um, well, I know that I've heard some of these things before and, uh, reflecting back on it, it makes me feel guilty, Mm. um, and frustrated with myself that I put two people that I know care about me and that I care about in a place where they do feel helpless and hopeless. And I, I don't want to put you guys in that position ever again. And I, I am sorry. I know it's not something that I could have controlled or, you know, like thought about consciously at the time, but I really, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, There's nothing to apologize. It was just something you were going through. Yeah. You know? So I really hope you don't feel any guilt because there's really nothing to be guilty about. Like that's what being parents is. Like we're here to support you no matter what. And the reality is there are going to be challenges in life. Things are not going to go well. Um, and we're going to be there to support you. And then things are going to be really great. And we're going to be here to cheer you on. So um, please know that there there should be no guilt associated with that experience. I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. I, I feel so much better right now. Just uh, Great. Just awesome. Listening to what my parents had to say, I feel so overwhelmingly grateful that I have two people in my life who are here to support me, but I know that not everybody has this privilege. I ultimately want to help those who are struggling find resources, and I want to provide education so that everybody can be better learned on how to be most helpful when supporting others. I think that my mom and dad have some insight, and I wanted to give them the opportunity to share. What do you wish you had known as a parent, as somebody supporting another person through, you know, a crisis? What do you wish you had known during that time? And what knowledge would you want to pass on to not only other adults and parents and people in, you know, places of power, but somebody who would be supporting a friend, something like that? Yeah. Um, gosh, you know, you just don't know what you don't know until you're in the situation, right? Like life can take so many different twists and turns. And I just think this is part of the journey. I, I think what I need to know is that when we get to a place or there's a challenge, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out together. I don't think there's anything that could have prepared us for the challenges um, we faced in supporting you over the last two years. I wish there was. I wish I could say, hey, parents, do this and everything's going to be better. Um, but every child and situation and circumstance is so unique that I think just having the confidence that you'll get through it together um, is enough to um, support your child and your family. Yeah, I suppose I wish I had known I, what I would like to have known uh, would, would have been more about what you were, what was going on inside your head. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> um, that would have helped a lot. And I think that's a bit of a fantasy because it's understandable that 
you were working through so much of it on your your own and but but yes my my desire would have been a a relationship where we could have come on that journey a bit more with you but i also get that that might be a bit of a fantasy the world that gen z is growing up in has been designed to be fast-paced and progressive but so many factors in our lives had the potential to impact our mental well-being. In dealing with technology, to school, to friends, to identity, to so many individualized conflicts, we are held to an unrealistically high standard. But it's okay to not be okay, despite the pressure that's placed on us. Although I wish there was a simple one-sentence answer on how to cope with mental health, there isn't. It takes time and work and practice, but there are so many great outlets that provide information about seeking help and resources. These include mentalhealth.gov, the Youth Mental Health Project, and access to hot and text lines, which will all be linked below. In creating this podcast, I do not want to further the stereotype that Gen Z is dysfunctional or overly absorbed in our own problems, but to create awareness about why people my age tend to struggle so much. We're not pitiful and helpless, but quite the opposite. My intent in creating this platform is to help others understand that we are possibly the strongest generation, having to put energy into so many diverse components in our lives at such an early age. Finally, I hope that other teenagers will find this information about mental health risk factors and positive resources to be an aid in their own journeys of self-realization and care. I am Devin Benaroya, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gen Z Epidemic. Stay tuned for episode two, where I will be diving into contagious behaviors and the influence us teens have on one another. Have an amazing day. <laughs>